0: Welcome back to the Nomi podcast. We believe that knowing what to do starts with knowing who you are and who you want to be. In today's episode of self-discovery, we're talking about something that we all need a little bit more of in our lives: fun. We live in a world that can often feel overwhelming and negative when we're constantly bombarded with news of tragedy, stress, and uncertainty. It's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day struggles and forget to take time for joy and play. Today, we're here to remind you that it's okay to have fun even in the midst of challenging times. I'm Madeline, a CTI-trained coach, and I'm joined by my mom, Cynthia, and licensed mental health counselor. Together, we explore the benefits of incorporating more play and lightheartedness into our lives and providing practical tips and strategies for doing so. We also discuss why it's so difficult to focus on the positive aspects of life and where we can begin to overcome this negativity bias and cultivate a more positive outlook. So whether you're feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, or just in need of some fun and laughter, this episode is for you. Join us on this self-awareness journey and learn how to break free from the negativity bias and embrace a more joyful, fun, and fulfilling life.
1: Hi, Mom. Hi, Madeline. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well.
0: I am actually quite excited because I got a piece of really lovely feedback from someone who listened to our podcast. And she said something that really struck me, which was that it sounded like we respect each other and that we have a lot of fun. I think we do. I think we do. And what's so wonderful about that compliment was it's always nice to hear when the content hits with people or Mm -hmm. when a tool is particularly helpful or a subject resonates. But I loved that she caught on to the fact that we do this because we believe in it and because we have fun doing it. And it made me think about how my clients, myself, the world, we just need to have more
1: fun. So I thought we could talk about Mm, that today. I would love to talk about that and actually do more of that.
0: I remember us being in a little offsite and you had said something, which was that you're a really fun person, but you've become really serious. And it stuck with me for weeks
1: because I went, oh my God, me too. I know. Right. And why did we do that? And some of it like we talk about this conscious choice is i don't know why i don't pick fun to bring to my life events more often yeah so true
0: and i love that you've just brought up the keywords of conscious choice fun really is about conscious choice and one of the choices before we get into the conscious part the choice i see clients make over and over again is choosing or i'm either serious mm-hmm. Or I'm fun. I'm either having a good day or I'm having a bad day. And this perspective of or, Mm -hmm. this binary focus on life, is really limiting their capacity to have full range of emotion, of experience, Mm -hmm.
1: and it's robbing them of their joy. Oh, absolutely. And I think that it is steeped in fear right? Steeped in fear of if I get myself up in the cloud, so to speak. I'm joyful. I'm fun-loving. I'm happy-go-lucky. I'm just on top of the world. I am fearful when something bad happens. I'm going to plummet to such an extent that I'm going to perish. If we think we're hedging our bets of this destruction by only staying mediocre, only halfway on top of the world, somewhere in the middle, we're kidding ourselves because it doesn't happen that way, right? We're limiting ourselves for this great joy. If we don't experience great sorrow or great things that we fear, we're not going to be able to experience the great
0: joys. One of the other fears that I recognize in myself and in my coaching class clients is not just the whole, if I have the joy, I'm going to fall. But also if I stop paying complete and utter attention to the challenging or negative quote unquote things in my life, they're going to get worse or something horrible is going to happen. So as long as I put all of my focus onto the challenging things in my life, I can control how big they get, but I have to put Mm. all my focus on it. So I can't go Mm -hmm. off and have a joyful moment Mm -hmm. because I just need to be here, focused on the negativity all the time to make sure it, doesn't get any bigger.
1: Yeah, that nose to the grindstone, paying my dues, the cultural messages that we get along the way, and the all or nothing mindset, right? That if I can't have it all, then I'm going to get nothing. The polarization of such extremes. And life doesn't work that way. Life's richness is in the middle. So when you think about the pitfalls of this polarization, it's we're missing all the juicy stuff in the middle. And Going back earlier
0: to what we were talking about around conscious choice, the conscious piece Mm -hmm. is so important because Mm -hmm. we're obviously talking now about how a lot of these mindsets are based in fear. Once you recognize that in yourself, just like we talked about in the scarcity and abundance podcast, you can choose what mindset or perspective you want to move into. This is one of the tools that I came up with when I was thinking about this episode, which was around how our energy flows where our attention goes. And we often talk about this in terms of our work, but I believe the shape of your energy and whether that energy is joyous and bubbly and fun has a direct link to what you're paying attention to. And I have an example that I can give from my own life, which is my husband and I went out for dinner a few weeks ago to celebrate something that had gone on. We always find reasons to celebrate, which is a way of finding my own joy in my own life. And when we got to the restaurant, we found out they were having live music that night. And it was meant to be enjoyed. So people who were in the restaurant that evening were not really there to have conversations. They were there to enjoy this wonderful singer performing. I love music, but I could tell that my husband was going to be easily swayed in either direction based on my response because he was starting to get irritated that an unexpected Mm -hmm. curveball of not being able to talk because the music was so loud was settling into our plans. And Ah. this is where conscious choice became very important for me, because in that moment, I turned to my husband and I said, I love music and I know we came here to talk, but I would love if we could sit here and just be present and really enjoy the live music because we don't get this all the time by choosing to actually stay in the positivity of the experience and go with the flow. We were able to have a really amazing evening that sat with Mm -hmm. me for weeks. It's so important to bring in that conscious choice piece because it can be a part of every single experience we have. We can't always control the circumstances. Actually, we rarely Mm -hmm. can control the circumstances of what's happening to us. But we can choose our perspective. And I just wanted to also say, this is not toxic positivity. This is not that you're up against all sorts of hurdles and things are really hard and things are really dire and you just have to stay positive. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying in the moments in your life where you can choose to get neutral or irritated and there's a glimmer of being joyful or fun or playful Mm -hmm. just try choosing joyful or fun or playful if it doesn't work fine but if it does you might be able to transform the experience
1: you're having into something more positive than you might have otherwise had absolutely and you bring up this really important concept which is choice we have the choice to look at a circumstance to look at a situation as an opportunity or as a limitation. It's not flipping the script for the sense of flipping the scripts. It's giving ourselves the choice and really being in the moment, connecting with our physical self and saying, how can I best find joy in this moment? Or we could choose, how can I best find misery in this moment? And so what happens a lot of times is that we don't realize, but we're choosing that maybe your husband was going to choose misery and you were going to join him. And it is a real epidemic because we are wired to probably look at the negativity or attach to it much faster if we're not careful because of our negativity bias. I love that you've also
0: brought in how one person's choice can influence another person's choice because what you just described, if I or Ollie had chosen to be irritated and miserable in the situation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the other tagged along, it's because both of us Mm -hmm. love to connect with each other. We're partners. We love each Mm -hmm. other. And so when one of us chooses a perspective, it's likely the other person is going to Mm -hmm. choose a similar or cohesive perspective so that we can Mm -hmm. connect. And so Mm -hmm. this is why it's so important also to surround yourself with people who hold space for joy. Does that mean you can't spend time with people who are struggling No. Does it mean you Mm -hmm. have to be happy all the time with these people? No. But when something good Mm -hmm. happens to you, it's important that you have people that have the mental space to be able to sit in happiness and joy without feeling like they need to bring you into suffering or make sure mm-hmm. that you know that they're miserable even though you're happy or mm-hmm. take it down a peg take it down a notch we mm-hmm. have so many people mm-hmm. who do this because this is a big way that we learn how to connect with each other is out suffering each other and commiserating it's easier mm-hmm. to connect around negativity it's why when big negative or big horrific events happen in the world we gather around that rather than focusing on just joyful things and mm-hmm. so by surrounding ourselves with people who crave joy and happiness hold space for joy and happiness we're building lives for ourselves where when we do have these pockets of joy and we make the conscious choice to stay in joy, that they'll join us, that they'll join us in the celebration Mm -hmm. and they'll join us in the joy instead of making us feel like we're going to be alone in that because nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be alone, even in joy.
1: No, no, we don't. We don't even want to be alone in the negativity or the struggles of life either. We are social creatures, right? We want to connect. And that's the name of the game. That's what kept us safe. Hi, Madeline here.
0: If you're on a journey to know yourself more deeply, we'd love to invite you to our retreats at home. This seven week program kicks off in April and is a weekly two-hour meetup with purpose-driven, curious, non-judgmental people like you. We use our time together to workshop tools and strategies for self-awareness and even invite specialists in other exciting areas of well-being to help us learn to thrive. You can find out more about our retreats at nomi.coach forward slash retreats or check the show notes. Spaces are filling up already, and we hope you'll be one of the people
1: we get to know better while you get to know yourself. Now let's get back to the episode. We want to connect. And that's the name of the game. That's what kept us safe. And so this whole sense of coming together, the good, the bad, the ugly, is what got us to our our population, our way of life, our abundance in many ways. It's just got it more complicated. And we have leaned into this aloneness. When I think about the American culture, right, going back to what I learned in history class from way, way back is it was like we were an island and we were strong by our individualism and individualism isn't isolationism. We're really, I think, struggling in today's world because we are, once again, with these binary concepts, we're thinking individualism equals aloneness. This actually just came up in a book I'm
0: reading right now. It's called What Happened to You, and it's by Oprah Winfrey and Mm. Dr. Bruce Perry. It's a fantastic audiobook. If you haven't listened to it, they speak in conversation with each other. It's really beautiful. And it's about healing and trauma. But one of the things he talked about was are responses to things. So there's fight or flight, which we know well, mm-hmm. freeze, yep. which has become more common yep. to know, and then there's a fourth yep. one that's coming into discussion called flock. Mm. Flock is when we gather in a meaningful way with others as a response. Mm. This is something that I see in probably almost all of my clients is that if they're in a fight or flight, it's usually reaction based if they could choose, they would pick flock because they do want Mm -hmm. to connect. They don't want to be an island unto themselves. They don't want to have to figure things out by Mm -hmm. themselves. I can't tell you how many times when I'm doing values work with my clients, we come up with the values of resourcefulness and resilience. And they're Mm. like, I don't want these. I Mm -hmm. have them because of my life, because of the experiences, Mm -hmm. because of the things that have happened to me, because of my trauma. But actually, if I'm in conscious choice of my values or my strengths, I don't want them to be resourcefulness and resilience and whatever. Mm -hmm. I want them to be joy and fun and playfulness. Mm -hmm. I want to step out of the
1: seriousness of life and actually step into some of these things that are going to make me feel lighter. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And a lot of times when we use the word trauma, we think it has to be something really big. But we can experience little traumas on a day-to-day basis, which puts us into this trap, this reactivity trap.
0: I appreciate that you've brought in the word experience here. It's not just about the semantics of what's happening around us. It's also about how we're internalizing and processing these things. And when we talk about having fun or leaning more into joy, a big part of that is being mindful about what is joyful to us and what is Not joyful to us. And I think we spend a Mm -hmm. lot more headspace in what we don't like and Mm -hmm. what makes us miserable, but Mm -hmm. we don't spend as much time looking at the underpinnings of what makes us happy. And so going Mm -hmm. back to that example I was talking about with dinner with my husband, the whole thing was just fun and playful and joyful and wonderful. And the next day, because I was still feeling it, I really pushed myself. And this is a tool that I love to give to clients is what's underneath that joy, right? What are the qualities of that experience or what values did I honor in that experience that really made it? have impact. So when I think about the external factors that were meaningful about that dinner, it was the music, it was the food, it was the set menu being perfect, it was the company of my husband. But when I went a layer deeper Mm -hmm. to see the larger impact and effects, I saw that I honored my values, for example, of presence and generosity And kindness. Mm. And I also was able to invite in energies of spontaneity and calm. It was those elements that I sat with for the following days. And so I always encourage mm-hmm. people when we're talking about experiences to
1: really pick apart that joy because it's that energy that we can recreate. Well, I think it's really important. What you said is that joy begets energy, right? And energy is a sense of power, or empowerment. And we want to keep our energy levels up. When my energy is steeped in joy or patience, or kindness, then I'm going to attract. When I am at a lower vibration of energy, when I'm depleted of energy, I have less of it. And so it is going to go to the easiest thing to attach to, which is the negativity. That's just, those are the knee-jerk
0: reactions. What's been coming to my mind while we've been talking several times is I can almost hear this little voice, this little coaching client in the back of my head that's like but what if things just suck what if I just can't have fun what if my life is just my reality is just what it Mm -hmm. is and fun Mm -hmm. and playfulness are not things I can do because I have way too much to worry about and I have way too much going on I want to hear your perspective but one of the things that I keep beating back that voice with is just the phrase Does it serve you? Does it serve you to be Mm -hmm. miserable? Sometimes it does. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it serves us Mm -hmm. to have a pity party. Mm -hmm. I have had some great Mm -hmm. pity parties in my day. And sometimes we need to just be with and accept. And sometimes we don't. So a metaphor that I recently came across when we talk about challenging emotions or challenging responses or challenging perspectives is around a hot stove, right? So you put your hand on the hot stove. At some point, you got to take your hand off the stove. It serves us to not get burned. (laughs) It serves us to remove our hands from the stove. Mm -hmm. And so when I Mm -hmm. think about responding to the little coaching voice, what I think is, what will serve you right now? It doesn't have to be all the way on the end of the spectrum. Sometimes our realities are challenging, but focusing on what serves us in any given moment helps us to stay in that conscious choice because you can choose Mm -hmm. the misery, but If it's serving you to choose neutral, to choose playful, to
1: choose joy, move toward those feelings. I came across this quote, and it's probably steeped in some sort of Buddhist principle. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. I do love this quote. We don't believe it, right? We don't believe it. We think that pain is inevitable and suffering is inevitable. Some of it's learned behavior, meaning the messages that we've been given throughout our life, whether it's cultural, to keep us out of harm's way, safety issues or whatever. And what you're saying is there are some people that when they have their hand on the hot stove, they truly believe that they don't have an option to pull it off. They don't have that choice. So that's why they keep it on there. Like I'm meant to suffer. And if I can just move away from it from a little bit, then isn't that great? Where the true joy comes is at the end of my life, question mark. Some of the messages that I got was that, life is not to be enjoyed life is to endure life is to survive not to thrive but the message is there and of course you know me i always lean into curiosity allowing myself to move into curiosity is probably going to get my needs met more than not the visual that's coming up in my brain is this like buffet table Right. This buffet of experiences. Yay. We're back to the food analogies.
0: I'll always get us (laughs) to food. I love food so much. So there's this buffet, right? Buffet of life, of experiences, of emotional range. And we get to fill our plates at this buffet. And what you said earlier is that some people don't think they have the option, right? Let's say there's the most Mm -hmm. beautiful cake in the corner and that cake is called fun and joy. And that people don't think that's a choice for them. What Mm -hmm. I find with a lot of my clients is the language that comes out is in their own brains and that saboteur, as we call it in my coaching framework, that saboteur is saying, how dare you? How dare Mm -hmm. you even look at that cake? How dare you think that you are worthy of a slice of that cake? You stay Mm -hmm. over here with the gray and beige foods Mm -hmm. that have no flavor and that have never seen salt for their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's your lot in life. You don't even look at that cake. That cake doesn't exist to you. You can watch Mm -hmm. people eating it and maybe that will Mm -hmm. give you some residual joy, but fun cake is not an option for you. And so when we talk about how some of our clients, some people in the world really don't believe they have that option, oftentimes what they'll say to me in my sessions is all the external reasons why that option's not available mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. But the real thing that's holding them back, which we eventually get to,
1: is that inner voice saying, how dare you? How dare you mm-hmm. want that? Yeah. Or that you're somehow wrong for wanting that. And then yeah. we get back to the, the right or wrong. If I put it in the wrong bucket, then that is what I have to kind of follow. What I try to do is move away from this polarization to allow people to say, maybe it's not right or wrong, good or bad. Maybe it's just what is best for you right now with this buffet of light. Or even when you were sitting right at your restaurant, you you said, what values, what characteristics of me would be best for me to access right now. Not good or bad. And it doesn't have to be same old, same old, meaning I might access patience at one opportunity or experience, but at another opportunity, I might access more spontaneity. What I love
0: about this conversation of neutralizing experiences is that we have this assignment of serious, pragmatic, productive experiences Mm. and days being the good, right? The things we need Mm -hmm. to strive to be. And the fun Mm -hmm. and the playful and the lighthearted is frivolous and airheaded. And so I love this discussion of neutralizing experiences and deciding what's best for you in the moment Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's the judgment. And so one of the things that I really love in helping people choose joy is the non-judgment and the non-attachment to the experience. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. We judge so much of our experiences, so many of our choices Mm -hmm. so many of our Mm -hmm. emotions and mindsets and it's always this good or bad Mm -hmm. or good or bad and so Mm -hmm. the best Mm -hmm. thing if you really want to find joy and
1: happiness in life is to work on the judgment piece and like you said internal external judgment and i know why we do it we do it because it gives us a sense not the reality a sense of safety a sense of safety that if i judge you and say i judge you in a in a harsh way i'm going to keep distance from you and therefore i'm safer from your bad behavior, your influences. I can look at you and say, oh my gosh, she can have this real life, right? Where she blows from one thing to the other and isn't that great, but I can't do that because I am not worthy or I'm just, I just don't have the skill set. I'm gonna lose myself in so much fun that I'm suddenly gonna become irresponsible. But here's the wonderful nugget, right? The wonderful nugget is that, guess what? we get to define. We get to decide about if we want good and bad buckets and something's not working for you, something's not serving you in a bad bucket. If fun is in your bad bucket, take it out of your bad bucket and put it in your good bucket and define it in a way that it gets to sit in your good bucket. I'm not against good and bad buckets, right and wrong bucket. I'm just against You letting anyone other than yourself decide what buckets and what they mean to you and what buckets you're going to put them in and how they serve you in your life to bring you whatever, whatever you choose. Own your buckets. Own your buckets. Own your items on your buffet table. You define the gray. You define the colorful, right? It might be cake for you. I just happen to hate cake. So it wouldn't be cake for me. It would be a really nice spicy uh, cookie. Ooh, spicy cookie! What spicy cookies yeah, I are like, you eating? You know, like molasses with ginger and uh, yeah, ginger yeah. spice. Okay, I, um, I'm thinking you've
0: created this like Mexican hot chocolate cookie that you're really loving. Oh yeah! Uh, I was gonna say give me the recipe, but, yeah. but yes, no, we love a cookie. Right. We love a cookie. Yeah. We love a yeah. food metaphor, and we love a bucket. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think we could end any more strongly than that. Notion. Mom, I know you've already been a little cheeky and given us a quote earlier
1: in the episode, but would you like to end us I with did. a quote? I do have a quote, and actually it is a organic quote, meaning that I came up with it as I was making notes for this episode. Life isn't a problem to be solved. The beauty lies in the unpredictability and waking up each morning with an open heart and an open mind to all the day has to offer. I love that organic quote. And there it is, us (laughs) ending on a note where we're
0: having fun. As always, thank you for spending time with us while we talked about having fun, being joyful, and choosing what serves you. We hope that you find some value in this episode. And of course, you can always request topics at any time on our website, nomi.coach. And also, please check the show notes for the other exciting things that we have going on. We hope that you have a great day, great week, great month, great life. And until next time, be
1: well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the NOMI podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.